Stand by. Hello and welcome to the Lackadaisical Libricubicularist. And now your host, Jordan Maywood. Hello! Welcome to the Librocube. I am Jordan Maywood, the Lackadaisical Librocubicularist. Yeah! Today is Monday, January the 28th. As you are no doubt aware, Monday within the Liberal Cube is Movie Monday, in which we discuss movies. Specifically, movies that I watched over the weekend. So, there is the plan that we're going to follow. Uh, I should mention that last Movie Monday we kind of skipped because I only had one movie. So what I've done is uh, in this Movie Monday episode we will do that one movie and then six others. Holy cannoli. That is a lot of goddamn movies, is it not? You, my friend, are living in a land of plenty. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. One thing uh, I want to do every episode, for the most part, especially on Movie Mondays, is say that there will be spoilers. So, if you have not seen uh, the movie that I am talking about, perhaps you should uh, skip ahead, or uh, there exists the possibility that it is a movie that you will never see and have no desire to see, and then uh, feel free to listen to that one. I actually, uh, when I listen to uh, po- uh, people talk about movies on podcasts, uh, I follow that sort of same philosophy in that if it's a movie I really want to see, and they say there will be spoilers, then I'll skip ahead. However, if it's a movie I know I will never see, because I have zero desire to see, I'll still listen to it. Because that way, if that movie ever comes up, you might know a little bit about it. So, I like it. Gives you, uh, gives you the illusion of knowing about everything, which uh, I, which I always uh, try to um, have. <laughs> Ah, except for there. Okay, so it's, let's uh, hop into today's sponsor, which is Bill's Plant Terror Weed-Proof Brown Topsoil. Once again, today's sponsor is Bill's Plant Terror Weed-Proof Brown Topsoil. That might make sense a little more once we're uh, into some of our reviews here. Let's just uh, say that. Okay, the first movie hopefully I remember sufficiently because it was a movie the Mrs. and I watched not um, last Saturday, but the Saturday before. So, yeah. It was sort of... um, I don't know if it was billed as a, as a horror movie, and I think the reason we found it was that um, sometimes I'll, uh, when I'm stumbling along on the website StumbleUpon, it'll take me to a list of like top um, 25 
horror movies of 2012, and I think this was on the list for some inexplicable reason. Uh, the movie is called House at the End of the Street. Hmm. Starring Miss uh, Elizabeth Shue, who I'm a big fan of, and uh, Miss Jennifer Lawrence, who um, was good in it. I, th- I think this may have been the first movie I've seen Jennifer Lawrence in. I think it might have been. Was her first movie Hunger Games? Because I haven't seen that yet. Read the books. Um, and she was good in it. She is very, very attractive. Got a smoking hot body. Yowza. Yowza. Uh, which I was unaware of. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Might get a, uh, I'll just throw in right now too, might get a slightly longer than normal episode because the roads are horrible. Uh, do they not goddamn plow? Oh, and slippery. Horrible and slippery. Um, surprised that this was on a horror, horror list just because it definitely to me had a more sort of suspense vibe and not not so much on the horror, not really at all on the horror as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the missus really liked it. Uh, she, I gave her a bunch of movies from this list that sounded good. And uh, she picked this one specifically to watch. And um, I didn't like it. <laughs> I'll just, uh, on that note, throw out my rating. I'm going to go two out of five. Meh. Uh, it started off good. It started off horror-y in that it's uh, Elizabeth Shue is the mom and Jennifer Lawrence is the daughter. And they move into a new house um, in which next door there was... Um, a grisly murder. Not even in their own house, in the house next door. So uh, that, that as a starting of a horror movie, has some potential. Um, the murder was the daughter, uh, youngish girl, murdered her parents. Uh, she was never caught, uh, presumed lost in the woods or drowned in a lake. I don't know why they would just presume that. It's very presumptuous of them. Um, Let's just give away (laughs) what happens is... um, Because I do not recommend this movie, so why not just tell you what happens so you don't have to suffer your way through it? Suffer is a strong word. However, it just wasn't very good. The the daughter was alive and uh, sort of kept alive by the son who was living at... Um, grandparents at the time, or an aunt and uncles at the time, something like that, was not living in the home at the time. He, uh, once he came back to the house, found that his daughter was alive, or was his daughter, was his sister, was alive, living in the woods around, because it's all kind of takes place in a wooded area. Uh, and that's it. That's, that's, uh, your story. Basically, um, there, there's, uh, I won't give away, there's a little twist that that probably brought the movie up from a one to a two to me, for me. Um, I will say Elizabeth Shue and Jennifer Lawrence were very good in the movie. I think uh, Jennifer Lawrence is going to turn out to be a good actress. So that was nice to see. I, that's that's why I say I think this is the first time I've seen her in a movie, and and I liked her. Uh, very hot, smoking hot body, good actress. Hey, what's there's nothing not to like about that. 
Okay, let's leave that behind with just saying that it is usually odd for the missus to like a movie more than I do. It doesn't happen very often. It's, it's usually I like it and she liked it, but less. That's kind of the standard. Or I loved it and she didn't like it, or... <laughs> it's usually I'm, I'm higher on the liking scale than she is, so... Maybe you will, would like it. I don't know. Don't watch it, though. Okay, the next movie is called the... I like this title. The Antics Roadshow. Not the Antiques Roadshow, but the Antics Roadshow. This uh, is a documentary. Got one documentary in this list this week. Uh, usually always one, sometimes more than one. This uh, follows... It doesn't really follow anyone. It's just about, um, how would I encapsulate what it is about in a short sentence? It is about 80 minutes long. <laughs> uh, no, it's about, um, sort of, I don't want to say anarchism, um, good anarchy, uh, going up against the man, uh, ways that are not violent, yeah, yeah, non-violent, often artistic ways in which people rail against the establishment. How, how about that for, for a little box cover snippet? They said, uh, I think I read in the description that the narrator was Banksy. Um, if you Google Banksy, and say Banksy art examples, you'll see some cool shit. If it was actually Banksy, that's cool. The, the guy had a very, uh, the narrator had a very unique voice, which I liked. Kind of grew on you. The first uh, few examples uh, were ones that I had seen. Actually, I've seen most of these or heard of most of these examples that they used in this movie. Uh, the first one was a guy who. Well, actually, the example... Okay, well, let's just say this. It was a guy who had a go-kart and, like, painted it red and then dressed up as Mario, as in, you know, Super Mario. Mario, Mario. Uh, and then drove around as uh, Mario and, like, threw out banana peels and stuff from his car. Huh, interesting. The, the, uh, the time I saw that, it wasn't just a guy dressed as Mario. It was a bunch of guys, like a Mario, a Luigi, a Toad. Um, and they had, like, balloons hanging from their go-karts, which, as you know, in the game, you have balloons kind of floating behind you when you play, uh, I think just when you play the battle mode, if I do recall. But it's been a little while since I've played. This uh, same guy did something a little similar. He dressed up as Pac-Man, like, just basically a big yellow orb. <laughs> well, Pac-Man. And uh, then had a bunch of people uh, drink up as the ghosts, which, ooh, let's see if I can remember their name. Uh, Binky, Blinky, Winky, and Clyde? I know one of them's name's Clyde. It's like like Inky, Blinky, and Clyde, something like that. Uh, and they ran around a supermarket. So, just kind of like the way I like to look at this movie, and the reason that I, I appreciate it and, and like it, is that it's People doing things that upset the norm, however, they're not hurting anybody. Just sort of a 
in some cases, a uh, artistic form of protest against the establishment. Yeah, real, real against the man. Don't let the man put you down. Things like that. Not sure who this man is, but whatever. There was a, there's a group of Russian uh, hoodlum type hoodlum kid group that kind of goes around and does this sort of thing. Uh, the, the example that they showed that I remember seeing was, uh, you know those bridges that kind of go up and down uh, to let boats under? I've never actually driven over one or seen one, but they're in, they're in movies a lot. I think Blues Brothers is probably the best example. I'm pretty sure there's a scene uh, in that movie with them. Anyways, uh, what they did was blocked it off, and in the matter of, you know, 10-15 minutes, drew on it a giant, and I mean giant, a giant penis. Like, it took up the entire bridge, basically. Penis and balls. So that when it was raised, <laughs> it looked like a penis was becoming erect. And um, it was pointing at, this was kind of their against-the-man part of it, it was pointing at um, either a current or former KGB Russian secret service building, something like that. So that was a good one. They hopped into ones that, uh, a lot of these they kind of pointed at that they're uh, available on YouTube, which helps to spread things like this. One of them is the invisible rope trick, which I've seen, uh, I think if you go on YouTube and type in invisible rope, you'll see a bunch of examples. It's where a couple of guys or girls go sort of on either side of the street and then make it look as if they are holding a rope. Uh, however, they're not holding anything. Uh, either on either side of the street or a lot of the times these kind of things are in the subways for some reason. That seems to be a good spot for anarchists to do their shit is in subways. So they won't actually be holding it, but for some reason um, people walking by will see it look as if they are holding a rope and will walk over it as if they're holding it. So that was kind of an interesting little psychological thingamajig. Just on the subway topic was a girl, I believe it was in London, um, because burkas were made illegal in London, I guess? Was that the story? I think it was. Um, which I think, I'm kind of surprised to hear that, because it's not a burqa, like a, uh, is, is it just a cultural thing, or is it a religious thing? Because I think if it's a religious thing that these women have to wear this as part of their religion, I don't think you can tell them they can't. That's, uh, that's not very good. <laughs> this is coming from me, who's probably the most anti-religious person well, that I know, personally, anyways. Uh, so this woman would go uh, around the subways and kind of spray paint in or magic marker in all the women in the posters as if they were wearing burkas. Um, one of the examples they gave was of a group called Improv Anywhere, which you may have heard of, very, very popular on the interwebs. Their sort of, I think, most famous one was in Grand Central Station in New York, where uh, they set up with a couple hundred people at a certain date, at a certain time. They would all just be cruising around Grand Central Station, as you do, 
but then suddenly stop dead in their tracks and not move for, you know, 30 seconds a minute, whatever it was. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, it's kind of funny, actually, because with Improv Everywhere, I literally, like, the day before or two days before watching this movie, saw another one that they mentioned on this movie. Uh, so I guess I'm a little behind the times if it made it into the movie was a uh, no-pants subway ride, again, on the subway. They're big fans of subway stuff for some reason, these anarchists. Uh, no-pants subway ride in which, um, in the New York City subway, a whole bunch of people, like I think it was thousands and thousands of people, rode the subway without pants on. They did have um, boxers or underwears on, just so you know. Okay, let's uh, get one more in before we get to work. Leave uh, the Antics Road Trail behind with our rating of... Uh, uh, three. Uh, and let me clarify that by saying the only reason I didn't give it a four is because I had seen most of these things that they talked about. Um, probably 75% of the things they brought up I had already seen just like on YouTube or whatever or wherever. So if you have not heard of any of these things, then uh, perhaps you'd watch it and give it a four. All right. Logical conclusion. Okay, before we get to work, let's get in the man with the iron fists. Ooh, baby. This is a film made by Riza of the Wu-Tang Clan with uh, apparently the uh, help, guidance, um, mentorship of Mr. Quentin Tarantino. So uh, it sounds to me as if Riza wanted to make this sort of, sort of classic um, kung fu-esque movie uh, and then went to Quentin Tarantino because apparently they're, they're buddies, they're pals uh, to uh, give him some advice on the making of it. So I think Riza directed it and just um, I don't know how involved Quentin Tarantino was with it exactly, but you can definitely see um I guess you would say, at the very least, his influences in this movie. His influence in this movie. So to me, that is um, awesome. Huh? Maybe the sponsor's making a little more sense now? Hmm? Hmm? Can you figure it out? Uh, it was. I love, love, love super bloody uh, kung fu movies. Quite often... Uh, which I haven't in a while now that I think about it, watch um, super violent Japanese movies, which uh, are usually pretty crazy over the top, just buckets and buckets and unhuman amount of buckets of blood. Because they're just, they're, they're, to me, they're more funny than, than anything else. Uh, and this had that. It starred Riza. He was a blacksmith in sort of, I think what you could say as uh, feudal Japan, or was it China? I think it was China. No, was it Japan? Um, feudal, feudal, um, east, far eastern Asia, hmm, let's say. 
Also in the movie was Mr. Russell Crowe, who played a sort of knife-wielding, gun-slinging um, guy. It's <laughs> pretty super, super badass. Uh, Lucy Liu uh, ran a uh, brothel. There are uh, a lot of the the names of the other characters are, I think, sort of unknown actors. I'm pretty sure. The uh, I guess you could say, as in many good uh, kung fu ninja, what have you movies, it sort of resolves around two. One of the one of the storylines within it, I guess you could say, is it um, warring clans, the the lion clan and the wolf clan. I don't know how accurate the clan system was is in in these times, but I think it's in a lot of movies such as this, warring clans. Something uh, they do in this movie, which uh, I don't mind, just a plain kung fu movie where it's normal people fighting with normal kung fu moves even uh, when they get sort of crazy kung fu moves. However, something they threw into this, which I very much appreciated, was a little bit of the crazy, kind of a little supernaturally uh, bad guys and good guys stuff. So, for example, the title, Man with the Iron Fists, uh, I'll just give this away, because it's not a huge uh, deal, I don't think, but a bit of a spoiler, is that uh, for a unspecified reason, Riza gets his arms chopped off. Hmm. As you do, from time to time. And they are replaced with, you guessed it, iron fists. Not just uh, as if they put a couple of chunks of iron on the ends of his arms, but no, he can actually like move them and flex his fingers stuff like that because of certain uh, ancient mystical chi things. There was another guy, sort of the I don't know if I go main bad guy but for me the baddest bad guy who could kind of turn his entire body into brass so that was a really cool effect this guy too, I think he was I think he's a wrestler maybe, I, I think I've seen him before, just freaking in real life a giant, giant guy uh, and then on top of being a, a giant guy uh, could turn into brass. So, I liked it. Uh, I'm at work, so we got four movies uh, for the drive home. I will tease one. Django Unchained. Oh, baby. Save that for this afternoon. I will say, Man with the Iron Fist. Five out of five. Awesome movie. I'm going to go in, do eight hours of work, and meet you back here. Love you, dearies. I'm a fool to do your dirty working, working, working. And we're back. We are back. We are back. We are back. We are back. Back. We are back. Back in action. Hello again. That uh, was a Friday. Or Friday. Jesus. Getting a little ahead of myself. That was a Monday. And uh, it wasn't too bad. It's not too shabby at all. Not too busy. Not too slow. Just the way Goldilocks would have liked it, really, when you think about if she worked at a company that um, shipped, sold, and distributed healthcare products, she probably would have liked a day such as today. We left off talking about man. Is it the man? 
I can't remember. I can't remember if it's Man with the Iron Fist or The Man with the Iron Fist. Who knows? The RZA created Quentin Tarantino somehow assisted joint. <laughs> uh, only Spike Lee does joints. Why don't Why don't everyone? Why doesn't everyone do joints? I wonder. Hmm. Curious. Uh, and we gave it a five out of five. And then I teased that we watched a we, meaning me and the missus, not we, the podcast we, as in when I say we, I mean me only. Oh, so very confusing. Watched Django Unchained, or as uh, I kind of like to call things with silent letters, such as this, the Django Unchained, or Pterodactyl, other things. Those are the two that come to mind right now, the Django and Pterodactyl. Uh, what do I say about Django Unchained? Let's say, first off, that the missus gave it a 3 out of 5. So, for her, a 3 out of 5 is like a normal person's 5 out of 5. So that right there is impressive for your movie. For me, easy 5 out of 5. No hesitation whatsoever giving that rating. It was awesome. Super amazing balls. I uh, am a big... It helps... I think it must help that I am a big uh, Western fan in general. So for probably one of my, definitely one of my favorite directors, uh, do I want to say my favorite director? Could be, could be. To do a uh, Western movie is uh, just what the doctor ordered. Uh, I say that because I have not seen a Western movie uh, that I really liked in a long time. What's the most recent one? What was the one with... Was it Jeff Bridges? The remake? Uh, what was that called? I can't remember. Did we even do it on the podcast? Might have. That one was pretty good, but uh, probably would have given it a three or four. Oh, uh, There Will Be Blood. That was a good one. That was probably the last really good one. There Will Be Blood. But uh, I'm a big Clint Eastwood Spaghetti Western fan, and this had that vibe a little bit. Especially a lot of the, the music was sort of reminiscent of that, which uh, I think, for me, it should be, should be a law, or at the very least a bylaw, that if you make a Western movie, you should have that kind of Spaghetti Western music, at least in some parts of it, because it's, it's, somehow it just fits so perfectly. The sort of a prime example uh, in Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. That is still, even after seeing this, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is my favorite Western movie. This, did it move into second place? I think it might have, yeah. Yeah, definitely, let's let's go that. So, stars um, Jamie Foxx and, oh, no. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, those of you who have listened to the podcast... In the past, we'll know that at least once a week, sometimes as much as every single episode, I will have trouble remembering names. I am horrible with names. Uh, and I meant to write down <laughs> the name of the, uh, the, the German guy. <laughs> Was his name Schultz in the movie, I think. What the hell is his name in real life? Uh, I feel really bad when I... Does that... 
I think the fact that when I can't remember a name, such as now, and I do feel really bad for that fact, uh, that lets me off a little bit, I hope. Oh, God. And the thing is, too, is sometimes you don't know this, that I've sat here and tried to remember what it is and had, like, a couple of minutes of just dead silence and then edited it out. Um, but <laughs> after doing that a couple of times, I decided that is not a good use of our podcasting time, so I don't do it anymore. So, Christopher Waltz? Oh, is that it? Shit. If that is it, I'm not 100%. I think that might be it. Well, that's exciting if it is, and if it's not, apologies. I, I should remember doubly, too, because uh, on Adam Carolla's podcast, he keeps talking about how this guy will get the Oscar for this performance, which uh, I could see uh, I could see happening. He did, uh, I believe, win the Golden Globe for it, so uh, that was a question as well. If you win, I'm not too up on my Golden Globes and Oscars as far as knowing who wins from one year to the next, but I think I have heard, and maybe someone can email me to the email address provided in the closing credits, if you win the Golden Globe, is it uh, more likely that you will win the Oscar, or less likely? Huh. Curious. Uh, Jamie Foxx is a slave who, uh, at least once, tried to run away with his wife, also a slave, and was caught, as I think happens more often than not, and was sold to a very not nice man. The, the movie starts with him making his way after the sale to this very not nice man, and uh, the German Dr. Schultz, I believe his name in the movie is, again, names, horrible, uh, catches up with this group of slaves and slave traders because he knows that Jamie Foxx's character, Django, uh, will recognize someone who he uh, is trying to kill because... He is a bounty hunter. Bounty hunter as a profession in a Western movie is awesome. I think any Western movie should focus on bounty hunters. It just seems to be uh, the way to go. Such as, uh, wasn't in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, I do believe that uh, Clint Easton, what, Clint Easton? Clint Eastwood was a bounty hunter, and so was um, The Bad. <laughs> I forget what his name is. I believe he was, too. The Ugly, I don't think he was. Uh, so that's where the movie begins. Uh, it sort of develops that Jamie Foxx's character, Django, has a sort of natural ability to be a bounty hunter. So they uh, hook up for the summer and collect some bounties with the plan of, in the summertime, to go and find his wife to uh, buy her back, to buy her freedom you would say. Uh, as with any Quentin Tarantino, this one more so than uh, a lot of others, it is super, super bloody and violent and amazing. Just combines the super violent bloodiness with sort of a, a beautiful story and acting and uh, a lot of the uh, sort of secondary characters you will most likely recognize and uh, easy five out of five, I will say. I have to, as I very, very rarely do, I think I mentioned once before, and this is only the second time it's happened, 
it ha- it's, it's going to happen, I have to stop on my way home. I don't like doing it. I avoid it. Not at all costs, because there's ways I could not do this. But I need some milk. So I'm going to stop. And I'm going to get some ice, too. So I will editing, editing, edit that part out. And uh, we still have friggin' three movies to do, so hopefully I don't run out of time. Back in a mo-mo. Editing. 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 On the road again. The road again. That was not to the tune of On the Road Again. <laughs> Strange. Okay, so Django, or the Django Unchained, left behind for another year. A little film by the name of Another Year. Definitely probably falls into the uh, film over movie category. It uh, was a... <laughs> geez, one of those ones that... How do you describe it? Uh, this is a movie that I would say is not for everyone. And for me, the kind of a movie that you kind of have to be in the mood for. Sort of a definite drama with very light on the comedy. Sort of just mostly people sitting around talking for the most part. Which uh, I like sometimes. It's uh, <laughs> This is maybe not what the uh, film maker intended, but I like these kind of movies while playing video games, because when it's just, for the most part, just people sitting around talking, you, if you're not paying 100% attention to watching it, uh, you're not gonna, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay, let's say. I mean, uh, the actors within it are, were all very good, and, um, I recognized some of them, although uh, I didn't write down any of their names, as I don't think if even if I did, you would recognize their names. It's about, um, let's say it's about a family and some of the extended family and friends over the course of a year. And the, and the, the movie's sort of broken up into seasons, spring, summer, fall, winter, and Really, that, that's a good way to say it, because it's kind of like just what happens or can happen to a group of people within a year, right? They have some good times, they have some not-so-good times, and their reactions to life. Uh, I liked it. Uh, again, I should stress that this is probably not a movie for everyone, if you like <laughs> things to happen. <laughs> that's a bad way to say it, because it is good, and... Um, I do recommend it just even to try a movie like this where um, it's just kind of life happening and people uh, reacting to it. Uh, so, uh, this is one of my Sunday movies, which we've talked about, but we've talked about before how on a Sunday, watching this movie, I'd give it a four to five. That's how much I liked it. On any other, to the, on any other day, uh, probably give it a three which is, I liked it while watching it, but wouldn't watch it again, but maybe would on a Sunday. Capiche? Do you capiche that? Okay, this next movie uh, was pretty cool. Um, I'd never heard of it, which seemed kind of odd because um, of its subject matter. It was called Three Inches. No, not a porn or porn-related whatsoever. Get your small penis mine out of the gutter on that one. It's about uh, a guy 
struck by lightning, who develops the telekinetic ability to move objects. However, he can only move them, you guessed it, three inches. He can um, move something three inches and then move it again. However, his ability, uh, if he uses it too much, sort of uh, wears down and his, it's almost as if his batteries need to recharge. And he can't move the same item three inches, then three inches, then three inches, like quick, quick, quick. He's got a, it's almost as if the item has to recharge its batteries as well, which uh, they actually um, managed, I think, to at least sound like they uh, explained it somewhat scientifically. So I appreciated that because for some reason, and I've brought this back to the Liberal Cube with books and movies and what have you, is that when they do things, even in sort of ridiculous fantasy worlds where dragons exist, when things happen that don't make sense scientifically, it, uh, it always seems to bug me. I don't know. Weird, I know. Uh, the, the main character, uh, was an actor I'd never seen before, but he, uh, he did a very good job. Uh, his mom, though, was played by Andrea Martin, which, uh, is nice because we haven't, I haven't seen her in a long time. I remember her from, uh, way back in the day. I used to watch, uh, SCTV. She, she was very good in the movie, actually. Uh, another notable name for me, especially, was uh, Mr. James Marsters, who you may know as Mr. Spike. <laughs> Probably not Mr. Spike. You may know as Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He also did a stint on um, Torchwood, the show Torchwood. Also, I should mention, I uh, got his autograph on my uh, Nerd Cane. Which, if you care to, you can go over to my site. Just go into, uh, they have this new, uh, site that you can use to search the interwebs. Interwebs. It's called, uh, Google. So you're gonna wanna go onto the Google. Then type in Nerd Kane Adventures. And, uh, I, my friends, am the number one results. Because for some reason, there's not a lot of adventures with, uh, canes that are nerdy out there. Surprise, surprise. Kel surprise, even. Uh, another little note here that I wrote, just sort of on that Torchwood note, <laughs> note on a note, uh, is that also from Torchwood was the uh, Asian girl. Uh, what was her name on the show? Was it Yo? Not Yoshi. Taka. I can't remember. She was a bit of a, a traitor on the show, if I do recall. Ooh. Uh, so this guy develops his power, and he, of course, as you do, ends up joining a team with other like-minded power people who have similar, who have similarly developed powers. The powers include uh, a guy who can look two minutes into the future. If he tries to look longer, he gets, like, splitting headaches. A girl who can change people's emotions... Uh, the, uh, the girl from Tor Torchwood, the Asian girl, can make her voice sound like anything, any person or anything. There's a guy who can talk to insects. He, uh, I've seen in another movie. No, oh yeah, he was in, uh, the television miniseries Kingdom Hospital, actually. Then there's a kid who can make his, uh, body really smelly. <laughs> so not exactly the most powerful superpowers, 
which I kind of appreciated that they kept it maybe slightly more down-to-earth doing it that way than, oh, hi, I'm uh, invincible and I can fly and nothing can kill me and I can shoot uh, ray guns out of my eyes. For example, uh, the movie will go three out of five, possibly some four out of five moments. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's uh, It's kind of a movie that I think slipped under the radar a little bit. Okay, the last movie was called The Baby Makers. The Baby Makers. Oh, shit. Again, I meant to write down the main guy's name in this movie, but I did not. He looked familiar. <laughs> Fuck. That is horrible. You know, that guy looked familiar. Anyways, uh, sort of what caught my eye about this movie is that uh, it stars, co-stars, kind of co-stars, the lovely and talented and funny and super, super, super sexy Miss Olivia Munn, who I uh, am a huge, huge fan of from Attack of the Show, which uh, we have spoke about many, many times on this podcast. So I wanted to uh, watch this and check out her acting chops. She's been uh, in other movies, but always had, like, really small parts. And she was very good. She's very funny and uh, very believable and uh, very, very super sexy. There were some scenes where she was very wearing very, very little. I should uh, let all the guys know. Or the ladies. Um, and uh, actually, in this movie, there's a lot of um, T and A, which... Uh, as you may know, stands for tits and ass. Huh. You don't uh, specifically get to see Olivia Munn topless or bottomless. Uh, that, if that had to happen, probably would have given the movie 5 out of 5. Did not happen, but the movie was very, very funny. It did, I don't know if it was a uh, broken lizard movie, per se. However, it had a lot of the guys from Broken Lizard. Uh, if you are unfamiliar with Broken Lizard, you are a poor, poor son of a bitch. Movies such as Super Troopers, Beer Pong, um, the one on the island, I can't remember what it's called. All awesome movies. Super Troopers, 5 out of 5. Beer Pong, 4 to 5. This movie, 4 to 5. They are always very, very funny. Um, and a lot of them are in this movie. Also, tons and tons of recognizable faces, which I always like. Something psychological about watching a movie, and then characters pop up, and you're like, oh yeah, I know that guy, I know him from this, I know him from this. I think it probably has something to do with you see them, and remember them from something else that you liked, and then that sort of transfers in a little bit. That's my, uh, that's Jordan's psychology corner there for you. Is that true? I don't know. Made it up. Sounds believable, which is half the battle. Sound believable, sound confident, and you can get anyone to do anything. How do you think I am married? Ha <laughs> Yeah, tricked her real good. Anyways, uh, folks, I'm home. That was, a, that was a fun one. It is nice to be nice to the nice. Thank you for listening. This has been another edition of the Lackadaisical Libra Cubicle Wrist. We here in the Liberal Cube would love to hear from you. 
If for any reason you would like to contact us you can do so via the email address mailwood.jordan at gmail.com And now I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. No, something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come, come the day you're mine Live long and prosper